Podcast like a motherfucker. Welcome to Amatime Podcast, episode number 72. Uh, it's Henry, it's Henry P. Miller here, and as usual, I am joined with my co-host, Casimir the Swede. Yeah, hello, actually calling in from Sweden this time. <laughs> Official Swedish person once again. <laughs> yeah, exactly, filling the, you know, like quota for how many Swedish people you need. <laughs> So today, Casimir, we are going to talk about the new Dread Elves army book, which will be coming out in the next few days. Um, I've sent you over the book. What's the first impressions? Sneak uh, sneak peek for the rest of the podcast? Yeah, so I, I think in general the, the changes are are good, but I can definitely see uh, it's kind of like uh, one of those when you, you know, like you listen to the community, you're like, okay, I hear you. I, and I, I want to give you what you want, but however, I also have to take something away. <laughs> Do you yeah. see what I mean? So I get the feeling that some people are going to be happy and then disappointed. Yeah, uh, I think I think you're sort of right, um, but we'll get there. So first up on the show, we're going to talk a little bit about hobby as usual. So have you been doing anything on your multiple travels to Sweden? Yeah, so I, I have actually been hobbying because I, I have an event coming up, so I actually have to, to paint balls. Uh, so uh, I was I was going to take dwarves again, and uh, but then uh, kind of last minute or last minute, like a, like a month or so before, I, I decided to switch and take Vermin's form instead. Uh, because because this event is like um, it's a doubles event, so you, you play like two people uh, play together. Uh, with two different armies, so you trade two thousand two hundred points. And when I tried writing two thousand two hundred point lists with dwarves, it was all very boring. I mean, as, <laughs> like a, as opposed to as opposed to yeah, a normal dwarf list, it's not boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the thing is that like when you play four thousand five hundred, you can get like all the you know the necessities in, and then you get to like sprinkle in like some fun stuff like crazy characters or flying machines or. Vengeance Seekers, whereas when it's 2200 with Dwarfs, it's just like, oh, I need some bricks to fill core, I need a Val Standard Bearer or General or something, and uh, yeah, maybe a Copter, and then you're almost done, like you have like a fighting unit or something. And it was just kind of, I just couldn't get infused about it, so instead I'm playing Vermisworn, because then I think you can kind of get away with it a little bit, especially when, because of these rules, they... You allow you're allowed to use each other's general, which you can imagine with Vermin Swarm can get pre bent because you play with elves and then your your general is suddenly to split nine with minimal <laughs> mice and reroll. Hmm, that sounds good, but I guess that's kind of like finding the combos, right? Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I think other people will have like much more extreme combos. Like this event's pretty crazy. There's like oh, there, it's all st- the custom scenarios with like weird maps and and like crazy effects. You have like a custom deck of magic cards for each game, so like some games you'll be playing with like uh, you know um, flux cards that can like fuck you up or make you really powerful and stuff like this. Cool. So I, I don't think balance is like the top priority. <laughs> no, but then but then I, I guess it's that kind of event, right? So it doesn't really matter. Yeah, exactly. Just just have some fun. Brilliant. And who are you playing with? Yeah, so I'm playing with uh, one of my friends, like a childhood friend who used to play 8th edition with me, called uh, Minus Barry, so Minus Mountain. And 
he uh, yeah, so he, he used to play uh, that's way a, back. That's basically. a solid name, that is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like one of those like it's very typically Swedish name, but also pre pre badass. It's like a hardcore name when you translate it to English. <laughs> yeah, Magnus <laughs> the Mountain. It's <laughs> <laughs> poking people's eyes out. <laughs> yeah. And, so uh, and what's he playing so with? He, he like. He's playing Sylvan Elves, so I, you know, I tried to steer him towards, like, I was like, okay, you, you want to play a faction that has had its LAB, but not an LAB that's, like, in the, like, in the phase where everything is changing. So Tom take Worms for him, for example, and he's <laughs> like, okay, I hear you, let me take, like, the most, the most, like, difficult to play army uh, that is also pretty shit at the same time. I'm like, yeah, sure, okay, <laughs> I guess that's what you're playing. I think Sylvan Elves are quite good right now, I'm playing Sylvan Elves at the moment. Yeah, I think like when he started, it was before the patch. Uh, okay. So so then it was still looking pretty grim, I think. But post patch, it does seem like it's pretty powerful. But I still think it's kind of difficult as your first army back into the game because it requires a lot of you as a player. Okay, so he's a he's a completely new player since eighth edition. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So we've played like a few games at three thousand. Gonna try to practice a, a full four thousand five hundred uh, today, or not today, but uh, this week before we go to the event. Cool. And uh, yeah, then we'll see. Nice. Is it? Is it lots of people going? Is it a big event or like a small one? I'm not quite sure. I think it's pretty big for Sweden, uh, but I think that means there's maybe like somewhere around forty people. But I haven't checked the attendance list uh, recently. Nice. So, have you have you been like yeah. painting up stuff for the tournament or? Yeah. So, so I've uh, you know like other people, I've realized that the most banned thing in the Vermisworn book is the um, what are they called? Like the the smugglers, Sicarian smugglers, or no, Shadow First Stalkers. That's what they're called. Oh, these are the poison guys. Yeah. So they're not right, poisoning anymore. So but f- first, r- like first rant. First rant is like okay, let's hear handbows. It. Yeah, it can't can't be can't be AP one at long range. Only AP one at short range. And these AP two. No worries. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the time. But they they are only eight inches though, so it's a it's a pretty small thing. Like it's it's powerful, but it's not very long. <laughs> Heard that before. So, but but like the key. Okay, so there's two things that make the, these like really bent. Like number one is that they cost like nothing to add moles into the unit. So if like if you're just buying ten, the base size, it's it's like not. Like, it's, like, appropriately costed, but it turns out that if you buy 20, it costs, like, 200 points for 20. So, it's, it's, it's like, it's just so cheap And that's, that's to get four, like a... 40 AP2 shots. Yeah, it's, that like, like get, scout and ambush and vanguard, or... So, they, they can deploy from, like, the tunnel markers, and okay. they also... So, they're, like, ambushed on from the tunnel markers, which, which are, like, you can place them in your half of the board, and then, like, one mole needs to be within three inches when you ambush on, basically. Okay. So it's it's not like a it's not like a completely free ambush, but but it is. I mean, if you you play with like four markers and then you can place them like you know in a, like all all across the board, kind of, so you can make sure there will be somewhere to put them up. And you can move them as well, right? No, you, you can't move when you come up, but but you can shoot, which is, is it, the. But you can part. move the markers. Uh, if you have a magical item, yeah. Okay. Anyway, sorry, so you, you have some of these, or you, you're painting up some of these? Yeah, so I, I have a unit of 20 uh, of them, uh, so uh, so I had to like paint 10, 10 extra, those are actually finished. <laughs> uh, so I painted up the, the moles I got from Weird Farm. Are they on the, uh, the on the P-Log? Uh, not yet, because I'm lazy, uh, but but I, they, I just need to stick some grass on them, and then I can put them up. Okay. 
but but they were actually they were really nice to paint as you might expect like i really one thing i really like about the 3d sculpted stuff is that usually it's like a little bit bigger than uh, some of the old games workshop things like in terms of faces and hands and stuff yeah the, uh, and the detail more, is yeah. yeah it's like it's like more defined so it just makes the painting experience a lot better like it's you know it's less like fiddly and trying to understand what the fuck am i doing here and more just like oh just like just more enjoyable you know I find that you can really build the layers up a bit better because you, it's more defined so you can see it, whereas like having to like rely on a wash to sort of see where the layers are. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I contrast this to the other thing I've been painting, which is uh, the grenadiers. So I have a, a unit of 10 of those as well because it turns out the throwing weapons are, are the banned stuff in, in Vermiswarm, I think. <laughs> They're like Shrimp 6, right? Yeah, Shrimp 6, two shots, AP2 <laughs> flaming. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> so, uh, but, and those are like models from like, I, I'm not entirely sure, but I think that they were released because I have the original Games Workshop ones in like 85 or 7 or like really like uh, either like early, early 90s or late 80s, something like that. And, uh, and it's been the same models the whole time. And I mean, I like them, like they're not like bad models, but when you paint them, you like, you realize... <laughs> that you know like the, the the quality of the experience of painting the miniatures have, has really gotten better uh, since then <laughs> i guess when you're comparing like a modern 3d print from like a really nice print shop um compared to like 80s gw shitty pewter model yeah exactly, there's like exactly a bit like of difference <laughs> okay are you gonna put these up on the p-log as well yeah, exactly. Those I still I still have to like make some finishing touches. I have like half of them painted, and the other half like uh, I just need to highlight a little bit. But cool. But we're almost done. So you've just been painting those for the tournament. Yeah, exactly. What What else are you bringing in your two thousand five hundred point list? So well, just a, a really fuck off big unit of uh, of uh, rattled arms. Fuck, what are they called now? Oh no, legionaries. Yeah, yeah, legionaries. Let's say legionaries. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the core dudes. Uh, so and uh, yeah, dad in the bunker. Uh, senator for discipline. Then I have actually the uh, uh, what is what is that one called? Oh, I haven't been playing it enough. Uh, the uh, the platform for the plague guy. So the like the airman guy. So it's a platform that uh, gives you the unities in extra poison. So you can take the play disciples, which I have a, a big unit of, and they have like poison to start, and then they it, this platform buffs their poison up to five plus. Okay, that sounds good. Which is uh, yeah, pretty good. And then okay, it gets better. So when the priest is in the unit, the unit is fearless, and then they have a special rule, which means that as long as they're steadfast, they're also unbreakable. <laughs> Okay. Uh, so okay, so so here's a completely independent unit, and then in this tournament you can take uh, like uh, magical items from your or like one magical item from your uh, allies uh, list. So because he's playing Sylvan Elves, I stuck the Banner of Deception. I was about to say, but you, but you took the Banner of Deception. <laughs> yeah. So so like the plan is we're just gonna like stick everything on the table, and then I'm just gonna move this like massive Death Star just to where it needs to be after the, our opponents deployed, and then we're just gonna rush him. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> because it, it like it I realized at first I was looking at like stuff like what can I put Banner of Deception on in dwarf list? But like in for dwarves you can't really Can Seekers like, can Seekers take like, a banner? 
No, they can't take Banner. That's the problem. Because yeah. you, you want the unit right to be kind of independent. Like, if it needs to be in a bubble, then, you know, you, you don't really have so many options. Can you get, like, it. a BSB Seeker? No. No, mm. you can only get, like, the Seeker characters can only take weapons. And all oh. the Sylvan weapons are, like, locked to Sylvan Blades, as you know. Yeah, so you can't take them. Yeah, which is sad. Like, come on, guys, just just let me have let me have like those weird whirlwind weapons with fucking like extra attacks and strength for lethal strike and I don't know what. And there's gonna be so some broken combos there. With, like, if you can choose items from other people's books. Yeah, definitely. There's gonna be there's gonna be some like weird combo where where somebody just has a character that takes like a super weapon. We were thinking about like, okay, what if we take like a a you know a wild hunt character? Whatever, what are they called now? The uh, huntsman. Yeah, the, the Huntsman. If we take him and then we give him the Doomblade. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then we're like doing the maths, like how many wounds can he do? <laughs> and and he, he takes like a toxic attacker, right? Yeah, that's it. So in the end... So, so he'll, he'll, he'll be getting gets... wounded on sixes because he's res five on the elk? Oh, that, that, someone's, oh, yeah, someone's definitely doing that. Elk. Someone's definitely doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a good idea. Like, I think my, my friend wasn't, like, he wasn't planning to buy an L character, but that, that would have been a really cool idea, actually. <laughs> that would have been, that's probably one of the strongest characters in the game. Yeah, exactly. You're like, does he have a save? No, but does he need one? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's agility 10 on the charge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just, you, I mean, you can take a potion of strength if you want, and then you don't even care about impact hits. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, like, Push he, and could, he could probably one-shot anything in the game. Like, I, I don't see, like, as long as he doesn't die to the weird toxic attacks. Like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. This sounds like a really fun tournament. Yeah, we're hoping for it. Nice. So, I have been doing quite a bit of painting. I don't know where, I don't remember where we were last time, but I finished my Thunderheads. I finished... Uh, today I finished off um, a high elf mage on an eagle. Uh, what else have I done? I've been, I've been. Um, I did a legion did leg. You do uh, the, did a BSB did model. Did you do like the skin wolves also? Or uh, oh yeah, that's models, right. I think. Yeah, I I, ha I have some like China cast uh, forge world skin wolves that I finished. That was just kind of sat in my on my painting table for like a long time, so I finished those off. Um. There's like quite a cool like conversion that I did, which is like a guy getting his like head pulled out of his socket, or his head like pulled off his neck and like the spine so it's still attached, and then the body's like yeah, slu cool. slumping down. You can check it out on the plug. It's pretty gory. Um, I had like a a baby dragon, that I was I'm gonna use as like an eagle in my high elf army. That was like a on my painting table as well for a while. Yeah, and I finished off um, a selection officer BSB model, and I did like a nice freehand banner. Yeah, that freehand was really nice. Like you, uh, it was uh, pretty cool to see your sketches and stuff as well. You, I think you, I don't know if you put that on the P log, but you definitely put that in like our group chats and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like I think, I think freehand is like one of those things that I think there's like a technique to it, and and yeah. my technique is is to draw it out a couple of times beforehand and get some inspiration from somewhere and then just go ahead and do it. And I, I'm, I think I'm, I don't know if I'm improving, but I'm quite fairly consistent with it. So yeah, like it's, it's really fun to do. I really enjoy doing it. So basically all my banners, since I got comfortable with it, I've always done freehand. 
Actually, thinking about it, yeah, I think every me, every single banner I've ever done has been a freehand banner. Yes, yeah, it's pretty cool. Like for me, it's something I, I definitely like enjoy it, but it's also one of those things that like it do, it does require some extra effort. So I, for me, a lot of times it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, I'm gonna put a freehand on this thing, and then you know you like need to finish it, so you're like, I'll paint everything else first, and then you never come back to it. So <laughs> yeah. I I have like a a couple throughout my armies, but definitely not as many as I would want. Oh, you should just. I think it's it it it's really worth it. It makes the model like so much more interesting and i think when you put like put them in the unit it just looks so cool especially if you're doing like yeah, like quite interesting like motifs and stuff so yeah check that one out it's on the on the p log uh give me some comments and stuff like that tell me what you think i think actually it's something that i really enjoy doing is eyes and freehand <laughs> yeah i really enjoy eyes as well because it's <laughs> Like, it's actually not that hard, and it really, like, makes a huge difference for, yeah. for the model. Yeah, it does. It really does. Like, the, the yeah, owl like, the owl model that I did, like, just doing the eyes on the owl, it, like, makes, the, makes it, it kind of, it sounds a bit dorky, but it kind of makes it come alive a bit. And yeah, then, definitely, definitely. And I think that's, it, it just brings another level. So if, if you're, if you're sort of there on the fence about, like, going down, like, doing all the eyes on your models, it... It really brings the models to to life a bit when you're actually looking at them. I think it's a it's a must. Yeah, I think I like I know I've talked about this before, but I think the the key is like and a lot of people are intimidated by like the idea of painting eyes, but I think the the key is just remembering that an eye is more like dark than it is white. You don't like you don't need to make like a super precision dot in the center or whatever. Like no. you just like it's you're better off making like painting it white and then filling most of it in with black because like just think about like some kind of anime type of eye right like it's it's not you know like the pupils are not little dots in the center. Yeah, the way I, the way I think about it is it's like it's like a French flag, where you have like three colors and mm -hmm. and it's going to be obviously the two the two colors on the outside are going to be one color and then the pupil is going to be a darker color. So I mean, yeah. most of my eyes are like white and with a black, like line in the middle, but then sometimes I do different like yellow or red red maybe a yellow eye with like a red pupil if it's like a monster, or something like that. So it's it's not yeah, it's exactly. not as as you say it's not as hard as just like getting like a very precise little dot. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of people just just get into their own way when they try to do it. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, I think I think it's a lot easier than people think, and and it's worth worth the time investing in it. So yeah, that's been my hobby. So we will uh, take a very short interlude and come back and go over all the changes. New Dread Elves book. So welcome back to Amazon Podcast. We are going to talk about the new Dreadhouse book. And disclaimer sort of thing. I've been working on the book, so I am a bit biased, maybe. And I also play Dreadhouse, yeah. so... <laughs> 
Yeah. But I mean, to be honest, I feel like it's more of an asset here because then you can explain, uh, you know, what you guys thought with uh, some of these changes, which I, I think is pretty interesting. So, do you want to make a start on all the blue shit? Yeah, exactly. So we start off right at the top in the Universal Special Rules, and there's some like extra caveats and stuff. Uh, it seems like you uh, you now have to have entirely uh, units of infantry models to get academy training. Uh, so I guess that's what does it stop you from like sticking cavalry characters into academy trained units or yeah, something like that? Yeah, exactly. So it's it's basically to stop you like gaining plus one advance and slingshotting characters out of academy units. Yeah, and this, I mean, it seems pretty reasonable. I don't think, yeah. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's a bit like, like, and also you could, um, there was a, I don't know if you could in the last iteration, but there were, you could put like a, a selection officer on a chariot in a unit of, like with another chariot or with like another, oh, yeah. another chariot and a character chariot. And it was a bit janky, so we got rid of that. So now it's only infantry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that sounds sounds like it, it works. That's how it should work. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I think the, the first like really in- interesting one is that the coastal predator is, is completely blue. Uh, so here's the point where I'm like, wait a second, what was it before? So, so yeah, I'll just start up where... Before it was, yeah. it was in the Kraken. So yeah, exactly. it was a but special is, so rule for the Kraken. Is this just the same? Uh, is yeah, this the same yeah. thing? It's or... exactly the same. It's exactly the same rule, but now it's just on more stuff, as you will find out very soon. Okay. Yeah. So, so just to reiterate, Strider, Water Train, and plus two advance uh, on Devastating Charge and, if you're in a Water Train feature yeah, and, and hard and target. Hard target. Yeah. So yeah, it gives so just like hiding in the water. Yeah. So I think I think this is quite fluffy. I mean, we can say it now. Um, the Kraken's hide. That used to be just uh, plus one armor. It now gives you coastal predator. So I think for me this is like, it's both a fluffy change and a quite a cool design change, because if you're wearing like if the, if you imagine the kraken is this monster that hides out in the water and it's like somewhat like camouflaged and and it's like a it's a coastal predator right so it's hanging out hanging out by the coast and when it sees like some sort of prey. It's gonna like jump out of the water and like like suck it into the water and like ambush them. So it makes sense that it's hard to see because it's hiding under the water, and it gets some kind of like ambush bonus. Which the way that we've sort of envisioned this is giving it an extra two advance rate when it charges. So it's harder to kind of avoid. Let's say. So. So what I want to know is that when so you skin this guy and yeah. you, you make a cloak. Yeah. And and then what happens then? So so then then you can like hide in the water in the same way as the kraken can. So you're like wearing so the kraken skin. So like, so do you get like? Is it like you make a whole uh, you know like uh, diver suit out of this kraken hide, just like a, a nice skin tight skin tight kraken hide, and then you go with a little snorkel or something in the water? <laughs> yeah, it's like a, like a full on scuba wetsuit. <laughs> <It's like> a, <laughs> No, I, I don't know. I think I think you can you can envision it like a like a cloak that you hide under, and it kind of breaks up. It's like some kind of like I don't know. The, in the demon rule, you have this like kaleidoscopic flesh type thing, um, yeah. but it, it could be some sort of like shimmery shimmery skin or something like that that you make a cloak out of, or you could even like put it over your armor or your clothing. I mean, it's it's crack and hide, right? So it's not. In the game's workshop days, it used to be a sea dragon cloak, 
but the Kraken's hide, it could just be, it could be, and you could use it for your whole clothing if you wanted to, or it could just be yeah, like a little hat, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> you know. It's just like, it's like a, a baby Kraken's like head that you just put <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or it could like, you could uh, use the tentacles and put, make like trouser legs, <laughs> like stitch them together. <laughs> I don't know. But but the the idea is that it's uh it's if the core says that where these they're also uh it's also like allowing them to uh sort of hide in the water and blend in and then uh, be able to ambush people from the water. Yeah, so so it's the 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 corsairs have these. Uh, yeah. Is it like they're called raiding parties or something? Yeah, exactly, and and it's also available and... to some characters as well. Okay. Yeah. Can, wait. Can you can the no? It's only models on. No, it's not only models on foot. But, so it, but you have this, the, like... the Kraken's hide is only available to models on foot. Ah, okay. Yeah. As you'll see. Yeah, that makes sense. Otherwise, it could be pretty, pretty tasty. Yeah. Imagine <laughs> on a horse, <laughs> like the yeah, Kraken exactly. hide barding, <laughs> like a like a diving suit wetsuit on a horse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a little snorkel, hide in the water. <laughs> yeah. Just like, so you can't slingshot out of our can we trade units, but you can slingshot out of water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so I, I don't know how often this is going to come into play, but if you're a smart general and you have some Corsairs that you want to take advantage of this, I think it could be, it's quite a fun rule and it's it's not breaking the world. No, definitely not. Uh, yes. So the Blades of Darek changed a little bit as well. Yeah, I mean, the, the rest we can sort of brush over. But yeah, Blades of Darag. Um, yeah, so now it's it's the same as it was before. But but previously it was... Um, when you get... When you're the target of of a friend, of a spell, um, you get plus one strength. Yep. But now it's changed because it's only your friendly spells. It's not your enemy spells. So that's quite a significant okay. change. Yeah, actually, that that is uh, definitely changes how the unit plays. Yeah, but instead of giving plus one strength, it's always set to five, so it's always strength five. Yeah, which is also quite uh, quite powerful, I would say. Well, it it makes no difference to the warlocks because the warlocks are strength four base, but it makes quite oh, okay. a big difference to temple militants. Yeah, definitely. So could they? Could they take something else nor before, or were they always just running uh, blades? Always blades of Darug. Okay. Yeah, but I, I feel like that's like a plus two strength buff with when you also cast another augment. That I, that could definitely be pretty powerful. Well, it's, it's always set, right? So you cannot get higher than five. Yeah, true. So, you, I mean, you can't perception of strength them or something no, like that. No, 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 exactly. So I think you it's... Could, I, I guess you could reel to hit or reel to wound or whatever, something like this. Yeah, 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 definitely. But I, th I think, Although, I think yeah. what, what this is doing is it's, it's more balanced because it's not like one of those gotcha moments where you cast, you're, you're trying to cast a debuff on them and then they get strength five. But it's when you do cast a spell on them, it's, it's better. Yeah, and it's also like, it's, it's probably good that it's a little bit of a nerf to the Warlocks because they were quite powerful and uh, I mean especially when you risk buffing up to strength 6 before as well yeah with perception of strength you could yeah perception of strength or, or if two spells go through for some reason or something like this yeah I mean perception of strength is still good because you get plus 1 AP as well 
still. So yeah. so casting that spell on them will still give them an extra AP, which is still gives a reason to cast that spell on them. But it yeah it does it is a little bit of a nerf to them. But I think I think with yeah. the when we get there, um, as you'll see the the temple militants, um, they're gonna they're gonna be a different sort of unit in the new in this book. I think. Okay, interesting, interesting. Uh, so yeah, the the hereditary didn't really change at all. No. So if we go on to the uh, the weapon enchantments, so yes. the the spear enchantment is really completely different. So so what did it do before? So before it did every wound that you do, um, counts as two combat resolution. Yeah, which to be fair doesn't sound great, uh, at least not to me. No, I think uh, you also reroll ones to wound as well. Okay, so now instead it's uh, for fifty five points. You gain magical attacks and artistry of death, which is always plus one to wound. Correct. I think correct. Yeah. Uh, Battle focus, lethal strike, and multiple wounds too. Yes. So, so, so basically, fifty-five points to get all the special wounds. Yeah, but you have to remember that this is only on a model on foot, and only on a res-free model, and the maximum number of attacks that you can get with this is three. Yeah, exactly. So, it's one of those things that when you read this list of special wounds, you're like, "Holy shit, dude! This is this is crazy!" Like, <laughs> this all is the, good. All yeah. this. Yeah, all the sixes, multiple wounds, whatever. Uh, but uh, but yeah, fifty five points on free attacks. That's uh, I guess it's. I, I guess the thing is that those free attacks always have plus one to hit and always plus one to wound. So, I guess the characters are strength four, usually. Yeah, so it's going to be strength four with plus one to wound, and it's yeah. a spear, so it's going to be AP two base, AP three if you get charged. Yeah, so it's basically going to be. Like for the most part, it's probably going to be hitting on twos and wounding like things or maybe freeze of force, depending on what it is. Yeah. Uh, so it's so it's not it's not crazy, but then it does have like a lot of spike potential, and also just like I I think initially I was like, oh, this could like you know you could really just like fuck up a monster or something with this, but then I realized it's dread elves and they don't need help killing monsters, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you could see it as a bit of a deterrent, right? Like, you, you maybe you're going to think about charging that Killy Lord or that cowboy into, like, a unit. So, I, I think, yeah, exactly. for, me, for me, this is kind of, it's promoting um, MMU a bit more than the previous book, because if you're going to invest 55 points in a weapon on a character, you probably want a, a unit that's, like, solid enough that it's just not going to die to, like, strength-free shooting. So maybe you're going yeah. to put it in a big unit of something, maybe Temple Militants, let's say. Um, or like Judicators or Obsidian Guard or even Spears or Auxiliaries. Like, but it, yeah. it's going to be a larger unit. And I think um, I think this is sort of promoting MMU because it's a bit more of a deterrent. Because something that MMU struggles with is is like tanky cowboys that can just sit in front of like 500-point character that will just sit in front of like a... 800 point unit and just deny it for the whole game but if you have yeah. this then maybe it's a bit more of a risk yeah true true i think it's gonna to me it, it's gonna live live or die on like what kind of other like protection can you get with this if you take it on a bsb character well you can see opposite you can get seal of the republic which i think is is enough with a spear so instrument but but yeah. See, so yeah, so the, so basically, Seal of Republic is like you when you do wounds, you start to up your armor, 
So I guess you can go to one plus eventually with it. Yeah, or? you need to do four wounds. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I guess because you're with a spear and you're an elf, so you'll be probably be striking first. You'll probably be, at least be getting like a couple of wounds through. Yeah. You would hope, at yeah, least. Yeah, you'd hope, right? Yeah. And you could also take yeah, a, exactly. you could also take a shield, and if you're an officer. Yeah, true. So you'll be starting out on a on a four plus, and one wound gives you a three plus at least. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's 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 a bit risky on the first uh, the first turn if you're like hoping to, to kill some kind of cowboy character. Yeah, but away. as you say, it's got some spike potential with battle focus as well. So. Yeah, yeah. When I look at this, I get the feeling that it's like it might be too expensive at fifty five points. But then at the same time, because it's multiple wounds too, like everything that's multiple wounds is just so devastating against some things like. Say, say you're playing against ogres or something. Like this, the spear is really, really good because they don't really have a lot of armor. You'll be striking them first. You'll probably go like two plus three plus base without any buffs, right? And then you have the potential with battle focus to just like randomly do eight wounds or something. <laughs> randomly, yeah. I mean, my my opinion is that it's too expensive and it's not going to be seen because for to to kind of you're putting your character in harm's way in this case, even with Seal of mm. the Republic, even with a four plus Aegis in combat that you can get from the Temple Exarch. Um, I think it's just a bit too expensive, to be honest. Um, and yeah, I, I, I would probably rather put my, let's say, like BSB or General on a mount or something like that, I think is more yeah, likely. But I mean, it maybe may may there will be a use for it. I think it's good. It's, it is good. It is strong. But I think it's a bit too expensive for me. Yeah, I think in general, like, the, the game, just how the game functions always promotes putting your characters on, on mobile mounts, right? So it's it's always a bit like every time you're taking an infantry character, like, you need a you need a purpose for him or her. Like, it doesn't really, you know, like, it doesn't make sense to just build big infantry characters that maybe don't end up fighting anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the next one is Crippling Frost. Um before this was kind of a duelist weapon, it gave plus one strength and I think it was every hit that you did um, reduces the enemy model's attacks in a duel and it was 80 points. Yeah. So before it was like a duelist weapon and, and now it's more of like a unit buff weapon. Yeah, so, so now it gives you magical attacks and uh, enemy units in base contact suffer minus two defensive skill. Yeah. And it's 40, so I guess 45 it, points. Yeah, so I guess it, if you're in a in a core unit of Dread Elves, it would push like push the swing it things into 2 plus to hit rather than 3 plus, I guess. Yeah, correct. So, yeah, so I I don't see that you putting this with like anything cooler than just spear good guys or temple militants or something, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And and this is another another way of trying to incentivize people to take foot characters and also incentivize temple militants a bit because we're not really seeing them at all. And I think I think it's yeah. also like a as you'll see there's more characters now that can take great weapons. It's not just the prince. So this kind of brings more options to the to the list building. Yeah. And I think 45 points I'm trying to think like the I think the the uh, what is it defensive skill buffer or probably the offensive skill reduction item in uh, UD is also around this price point. So yeah. I would imagine that that seems seems reasonable. Maybe it's still a bit expensive. I don't know. I, I, I quite like this on the dragon. 
<laughs> okay. Does it push the dragon to like three plus or? Yeah, because a, a lot a lot of the time the dragon is is only like op- offensive skill five. So if you're fighting like elite units, then like if there's five or six, then they, you're hitting on fours. So now if you yeah. have this on the dragon, then the character and the dragon will be hitting on twos and threes respectively, which is forty five points. So it's not bad. Can you get that on a on a Beastmaster then? Yeah, now uh, now the Beastmaster can also take a great weapon. Hashtag spoiler. Yeah, because we'll, we'll get the, there. So what's the what's the Beastmaster's offensive skill? Uh, six, I think. Oh, it's only five. Yeah, actually. Yeah, five. So then, then it is actually it's quite a good buy for the Beastmaster, like since he's only five. Yeah, I mean, if you don't want, I, w- I mean, I would probably take Transcendence above this, but it's an option. Yeah, it's like the transcendence is, is definitely definitely one of the selling points of the book, I think. Yeah, so I think this one is a, is it more of a win for infantry units, but it has some other uses as well. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I think then the next interesting thing is that the artifacts have changed quite a bit. Yes. So what is going on here with Morpheus Mirror? It looks so- like a kind of is is like the hereditary or something like this? Yeah, so before um this was one of the items that the community had said they like it but they wanted they want us to tweak it to make it more interesting. So, so what did it do before? <coughs> Sorry. So before it did you just got um you got a five up age of save base and then for every successful age of save um, you the enemy would take one hit with strength five AP two. Okay, so like a, a reflection item, basically. Yeah, exactly. So and as as you sort of um, as you sort of hinted to, it's now it's more reflecting the hereditary spell, which is what we wanted it to do, because it's it's quite a nice sort of uh, a parody, let's say. So now it's um, you get a five plus Aegis, but only against melee attacks, not against shooting, because it was seen as okay, maybe it shouldn't happen in like the shooting phase, <laughs> or against magic. So now it's uh, yeah, especially if if you uh, put it could have put it on a like a flying character or something. Yeah, exactly. So D three plus one hits against a war machine could be quite bad. <laughs> let's say. Yeah. So now it's, um, if one or more melee attacks allocated or distributed onto the bearer's model, including initiative step zero, the bearer inflicts D3 plus one hits with strength four, AP two, and magical attacks on the attacking model's unit at initiative zero. This is considered a special attack. So basically now, if, you, if you're going to attack this character in combat, then, they, then whatever unit is attacking the, the character gets D3 plus one strength four hits. AP2. It's pretty cool. Do you think it's... Yes, I guess I guess you... Or, so, so you're getting a 5 plus ages, at least in melee. Yeah. So normally that's like 50 points, right? So let's say cut it like a little bit cheaper because it's against melee, like 30, 40 something. Yeah. So you're paying an extra like 20, 20 25 points for this like the D3 plus, uh, plus one hits. Yeah. I think it's also quite nice for like a wizard or something because... Yeah, you you're gonna be fairly you're gonna be like, like not fairly safe, but you're gonna have an age of save, and if anyone wants to attack you, then they're gonna get hits. 
So, yeah. so actually, so if you're if you put this on like a, some type of a actually like killy character and you're in a duel, you do you, I guess you do the hits against that like the unit, not against the guy you're in a duel with. Yeah, correct. So that's also like could be quite nice if you're killing whatever you're in a duel with anyway. I don't yeah, know if true. that fits into any build, but true. I mean, I don't necessarily think it's a build, but it's a nice quirk of the item. Yeah, definitely. What do you? What, what's your overall thoughts? I mean, sixty points is quite expensive, I think, and it's hard to fit this in. But yeah, uh, I think it's yeah, okay. I, th- I think it can, like I guess it suffers a little bit from like, like if you you probably those ten points from just taking a normal five plus ages might be what you need to like give your character another like killy item instead. Yeah, there's a lot of things in uh, this book which are sort of between forty five and fifty points, right? Yeah, that you probably exactly. want to take. Like I think it's I think it's down the right path. Like it's a it's a cool effect, and I like I like the fact that it's not just like uh, that it's actually hitting the units and not the 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 allocator per se. Uh, but maybe sixty points might be a bit much. Maybe it needs to go to fifty five. I think you, you can't price it at fifty because then it's like a, almost a no brainer uh, compared to the other five plus ages. Yeah. But I mean, for me, in my opinion, I think the lab items should be more attractive than the rulebook items. But yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, if you want my opinion, I don't think uh, rulebook items should, should exist. You know, uh, <laughs> harking back to that poll when they asked us, you know, <laughs> what should it be? But uh, but yeah, I I also agree. But yeah, okay. So let's move on. So the next one is a little bit of a tweak to the old Ring of the Obsidian Thrones. So previously it was uh, panic tests. Oh yeah, so you've got the will of the Senate, yeah. which was the Obsidian Guard unit rule, which was panic tests within six inches could be re-rolled. But it's got a bit of a buff now to break tests yeah. and panic tests um, are subject to minimize yeah, roll really and good. not re-roll. So you can actually take this and the Obsidian Guard and they both benefit. So, so and I think before yeah, people were just taking really Obsidian nice. Guard and now you can take both and still... Still get a benefit from this. Yeah, that that's that's quite a, that's that's really good. It makes the makes it really stable uh, when you also like choose not to do the BSB. So yeah, on. exactly. So if you want to play MSU, you can sort of do that a bit better with this item because you don't need the BSB. You can take a general and take this item, but then yeah. it can't However, be taken by the outcasts, which yeah. I think is a li- like a nice a nice limitation. And yeah, also, also quite fluffy as well. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I also like that's again. It seems like that that would just be such a like a again a no brainer choice. It's like why why did they have to remove crown autocracy? Because it was just like well now I can just skip on this thing to put everything on my mage instead. Yeah, exactly. And and as I said, it's it's a bit fluffy. Like the the warlock outcasts shouldn't have like the like the the ring of the thrones of the senate sort of thing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So the next oh, sorry, one. That's pretty good. Yeah, I, th- I think we both we both like this one, right? Yeah. I I can I can see myself taking this in some builds, especially in like MSU lists or even MMU lists where I want to go light on the characters. Yeah. So so next one is a Oxilixium officer only item, mm-hmm. which makes your infantry units uh, into an academy trained unit if you join it, and there's no not nobody else there. Yeah. I think I think this is um, this is probably the biggest change in the book. 
So, okay. Because, like, to me, so this is purely for Temple Militants, or...? No. Um, so, the old item gave your unit battle focus. Okay. But now this is sort of the old academy banner, but it's only infantry, yeah, so you can't take this on a unit of Dread Knights, unfortunately. But you can take it on militants, and you can take it on judicators, which are the two units that we saw least oh. of. So you can yeah, basically make the judicators academy trained or the militants academy trained. So this is like a massive synergy item, um, but you require the officer to take it. Yeah, to be, to be fair, I kind of forgot the judicators existed in this book because of how rarely you see them. Yeah, exactly. And that's what we want. We, we're trying to rectify that a little bit. Um, with this change. Yeah, that would definitely give them maybe a, like a leg up compared to like, because having that extra charge range and stuff is just, it's just so good. It's only plus one, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but still like plus one makes a big difference when you're already low movement or like if you, like, you know, it doesn't make a huge difference from eight to nine or something, but from, from five to six, I think it's quite a, a big change. Yeah, I mean, you can also combine it with the Swift Drive banner, for example, so. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this this I think also as you'll see as we get on, um, there's going to be some more changes that incentivize you to take the judicators, and I think hopefully all of these changes combined will allow like the the more synergy based lists to be able to play with them. Yeah. Do Do you think it's too restrictive to have it only on the officer? I no, I think that's fine. But I would have liked it to be available for cavalry units as well. Yeah, I I guess how would like how many like how much uh, dread knights are we seeing currently? Not that much. Yeah, I guess they're just a bit too fragile. Yeah, I, I'm not the, sure. Like, there's, it's there's one of those units. Cavalry. No. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's one of those units that like when the book was like coming out, they seemed like they would be really powerful, but then in the end, it's just, just rest free. It's just just kills it when they're so expensive per mall. Yeah, exactly, and. I think that's probably more about the design of the unit rather than this item. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But th this would at least make me consider taking them again. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe maybe in the future. Let's see. Yeah. We'll see. So, yeah. Um, the So now we're getting into the actual unit entries. So the first one is a Dread Prince. It's down to 205 points, which is... I think about 30 point decrease. Yeah. But he, his stats also changed. Yes. With, uh... So it used to be five attacks, now down to four attacks. It used to be defensive six, which is up to seven. He can okay. now take a crack and hide if he's on foot. And his riposte attacks are now at an agility zero rather than at the same agility as the attack that made them. That seems like quite a significant nerf. Yeah, and also the Elven Horse, we can just say it now. The Elven Horse went down to plus one armor instead of plus two armor, which is a, a pretty big change as well. So he's got... Yeah, that's a big change, yeah. <coughs> so the Dread Prince has essentially lost an attack, lost an armor, his riposte is agility zero, he's only lost 30 points, but he's gained plus one defensive skill, which is not really that important. Yeah, but but you can pay twenty points to make him a little, uh, give him a nice crack and hide hat, so he can like, go from the water. <laughs> a little pirate, <laughs> a pirate hat. 
exactly. <laughs> well, I think the the Kraken uh, hide yeah. on this character is to incentivize him to go on foot, so he can get a four up in, on foot, which is nice. So maybe maybe yeah. we'll see him on foot a bit more, but pff, I don't know. Um, yeah, probably not. Probably, probably not. Probably not. But so yeah. I, so I think, okay. Here's my my take on this: is that uh, I think I think the change for the horse is good because i i think the problem especially with like elven horses and stuff they're so fast is that it just becomes like a no-brainer because you can get like a, a one plus save or, or a two plus at least pretty easily and get get really fast and just build like stupid cowboy characters but i don't see why the other two changes are there like the the minus attack and the repost thing or at least not both at the same time Okay, so let me talk you through a little bit of these changes. And and I'll say now that I completely agree with you. Um, The riposte was more of like a... Like a a streamlining... Or what do you say? Like a simplification to make it a bit more... A bit easier to, to sort of play in the game. Because you have things happening at different initiative steps. And it's better just to have everything at agility zero. Because then, then it's um, it's just a bit simpler when you're playing. Because if you're getting multiple attacks from multiple places and you have to remember to do it, it's better just to have it all at one time. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. I, I guess I guess I can relate to this because it, it does get a little bit like that when you play the Seekers, when you like have to interrupt your opponent every time he does anything yeah. uh, to, to roll your attacks. Yeah, so that's the reason for that. Um, the stat changes was something... That rules team wanted us to implement. I have an opinion because... on why, but what they told us was that they wanted to to make the elf princes a bit more um, similar in stats. Okay, so the other the other elf princes are four attacks. Then. Four attacks, four. defensive seven, offensive seven. Okay. So and yeah, and discipline. Well, yeah, discipline is different uh, for the other two, but. But yeah, <laughs> rules team basically That's, said yes. it needs to be more more streamlined with the other elf princes. So, but th- that seems a little bit weird because like, isn't the whole point like how to make these these elf books different? I uh, yeah, because it, they're so similar in, anyway. Because in my opinion, in my opinion, yes. Yeah, and we we wanted to come. We wanted to keep offensive eight because I mean the dread prince is supposed to be the combat focused elf prince. He's not Discipline yeah. 10, like the High 1 Elf one. He's not Agility 9, like the Silver Elf one. So yeah. he has to have something to stand, make him stand out. So we, what, yeah. we, we fought for Offensive 8, but I think it's a bit of a shame that he had to go to 4 attacks, because I think at 205 points, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, but and it's also kind of like yeah, sure you can get cheaper, right? But but like, should he be cheaper? Like, do do you want like? I would the, I would uh, rather elf... I'd rather him be more elite and cost more. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I don't know if I want the elf princes to be a dime a dozen, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, I I'm a bit I'm a bit sad about this change. I think it's a bit of a shame that we lost a bit of. I think we feel like we lost a bit of character on this. Like yeah. defensive six, offensive eight was like differentiating him to show that he's like offensively focused. He wants to kill people. Five attacks shows that you know he's he's been he's trained like much more uh, than the other elf princes. And if as we as Alex likes to say, he's really good at killing stuff. <laughs> 
Yeah, but also that he's like, I mean, that that this character is like really ruthless, you know, like all out defense, all out offense, you know, like yeah. just low low skill, like low defensive skill, but just like a lot of attacks and shit like that. Yeah. So I think it's a bit of a shame that we lost that, but that was Rules Team's decision, and that's what happened. Okay. But yeah, I I think the the horse thing is is good though. Just because, yeah, yeah, me too. I, I, at least the dread of list that I've been seeing, but disproportionately had uh, like one or two like uh, cowboy characters, and I, you know, if, if balance aside, I don't just don't think that's that's just not like good for the game. Not, yeah, and, that, and I think but, that you you never saw the raptor, and the raptor still gives plus two armor. So if you want, if you really want the yeah. armor, you can take the raptor, and if you want the speed, you can take the horse. And now you have a decision. Whereas before you'd always just take the horse. Yeah, exactly, and it makes sense, right? Like, I mean, you, you, I think, I think that was kind of what it was like way back in some old edition of Warhammer as well. Like, you, you could like take some kind of slower mount that was that was more fight like tanky, or you could take the agile one and you're a little bit more vulnerable. Yeah, exactly. So, I like that change as well, but I think it's a bit of a shame that that we had to take the attack away from yeah. the prince. Get the feeling that you're going to see a lot less of these, just just at least initially, while people are mourning, you know. Yeah, I'm not really, I'm not really sure. I think at four attacks, like, is is it even that scary anymore? No, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's a one one yeah. attack, but it does make quite a big difference. Yeah, it def- it, it definitely does. Like, he does still hit most things on two plus, or basically everything on two plus. Uh, and I guess you can still like give him transcendence and stuff like that, but it's still yeah, it's still like maximum for for wounds or combat rest. So yeah, yeah. So we'll see. But I think uh, you probably see a price decrease, which, as you say, is gonna make it feel less special. I'd rather yeah, go the exactly. rather go the other way and and give it a buff. But yeah. So we'll the, see. We'll the see. Beastmaster. Um, there's been a few points changes. He no longer gets Kraken Hides um, as base. So, okay, but can he buy it? No, he, he can't have Kraken Hide anymore. Uh, what's why? <laughs> so we were told that the Kraken Hide, because it's giving an extra armor, and Dread Elves don't have a strength in armor. They were they weren't allowed widespread access to four plus armor save base. Even though uh, it's even though it's only on foot, and a res three character, we weren't allowed access to four percent save but, for our characters. But but surely we have background driven design, and if anybody should have skinned the kraken, it would be the beastmaster. Well, right? uh, I mean, I, I disagree a little bit. I think it's okay. I think it makes more sense that the officer and the and the dread prince would skin the kraken because. These are going to be the two characters that are actually going out on Corsair missions. Whereas a Beastmaster, he's probably more focused on staying at home, training the beasts, let's say, rather than going out and actually capturing them. That's more the job for the, so, the Corsairs and the, uh, okay. the hunters. Uh, so what you mean is that the, is the Beastmaster, he likes the Kraken, so they're his friends? So yeah, he may, really maybe, maybe he doesn't want to skin the, kill the Kraken and skin, skin them. He, he just actually wants to train them. Yeah, it's like they just just want some buddies. <laughs> it's, it's like his. It's like his friends. 
his, yeah, po- his, his Pokemon with, with the Saurians, you know, like yeah. the uh, the eco terrorist Saurians and so on, just like saving the environment, saving yeah. the b- beasts. Beastmaster's eco warrior. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, so so we we essentially we had to make a choice with which characters we wanted to have them, and we felt that the Beastmaster he's also going to be mounted nine times out of ten, so he yeah, actually definitely. he he needs the Kraken hide a lot less. Even though he can't, yeah, just... it actually it doesn't really matter. Yeah, so so that was that was more the decision there. But yeah, the reason that he got we got rid of it was because we got told that we couldn't have all the characters having access to it. Which yeah, again, as you said, it was a bit of a weird thing. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, but but now he can take a great weapon, which he, is really yeah, nice. He can take a great weapon now, which is is also nice. And as uh, <coughs> as you'll see, um, as we go through the next couple of characters. Something that we wanted to do was to expand the list building options, because uh, before the characters they could only take certain weapons, and this was quite background driven. Like you'll notice that the Beastmaster and the Prince, neither of them can take a spear, and that's because yeah. the spear is like the the weapon of the lowborn in the Dreadelf society. So these two, these are the two like nobility characters, and they wouldn't, they wouldn't like debase themselves by. Uh, wielding like the weapon of the lower classes but at the the same time we wanted to um we wanted to kind of open up the options a bit so that you could use the weapon enchantments in the book for more than just one character yeah i think that's probably good because i i mean i i remember when the book was first released and it did kind of feel like the list building was a little bit on rails yeah exactly characters so and that's like one of the most fun things about now yeah, one of the most fun things about Nightfish is is being able to like uh, fiddle around with characters. I think in list building. Yeah, exactly, and that's something that we 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 were aware of and we wanted to to address with this update. Yeah, and there's also a lot of like price changes for the mounts and stuff. I don't know if, if things got expensive or cheaper. Well, well the the horse should have got cheaper because it was less armor. Let me just have a quick look. So the Raptor went up in price for some reason. So the Beastmaster went down 20 points. The Raptor went, oh, up. The Raptor went up 10. The Chariot went up 10. The Pegasus went up 10. The Manticore went up 10. So he got he, he basically got 10 points cheaper if he's on foot. And, uh, oh no, 20 points cheaper if he's on foot and 10 points cheaper if he's, if he's mounted. Yeah, so so basically, I think what the reasoning is probably remove Krakenide, that's yeah. around 20 points, and then oh, yeah. just compensate on the mounts. Yeah, exactly. So the next one is the selection officer. I think he also got a little bit cheaper. No, five points more expensive. Um, but now he's got a little bit different academy train tactician rule. So now academy train units joined by the model and academy train units within commanding presence of the model um, count as being within eight inches of another academy trained unit it's just a wording thing oh okay oh it was a wording thing okay yeah. Yeah. yeah i guess technically you could buy him the crown autocracy and make it 15 but i don't recommend that <laughs> yeah so yeah is it's, that one's just a, a wording change he can now take a krakenhide if he's on foot oh he could do that anyway but it's just clarifying the on foot only and he can now take a yeah. great a great weapon which is as we talked about it's just to open up the list building options yeah, cool. I think Pegasus uh, is a so bit cheaper. Right, so yeah, it's because we, we never saw that anyway. So 10 points expensive. more expensive. Uh, 
okay. Well, doesn't doesn't make as much sense, but okay. Sure. <laughs> so the Temple Exarchs had a a big overhaul. Um, yeah, really. Do you want to take us through the changes? Yeah. So okay. So they are now uh, fearless, uh, but they lost uh, Battle Oracle. So that was the distracting one. Uh, so now you can either make him a BSB for free, or you can make him a Warsmith for 95 points. And if he's a Warsmith, he's an Adept. And uh, the guys in his unit gains Battle Focus and Frenzy. And if it's uh, Temple Militants, they additionally get Hatred as well. Uh, so pretty tasty uh, for 95 points, I would say. And he can also take a Spear and a Grave Weapon compared to before. Yeah, correct. So yeah, the Fearless thing... Is just a streamline with the Temple Militants, so they all get fearless. And yeah, I, I don't necessarily know remember why we removed the Battle Oracle, but um, the Warsmith, it's gonna, this is kind of going to be a more of a recurring theme. What we wanted to do is make the Militants less all-round, because obviously they're getting a few buffs from multiple places. And the old Warsmith rule gave them... Um, like an ability that um, help them against armored targets, so that would kind of make them pretty good against everything. But now the gaining battle focus, which they have already, and they gain hatred with if the warsmiths in the unit, so that's making it more sort of specifically good against certain targets, like i.e. unarmored targets. Yeah. Um. And and the yeah the what what do you call it the blades of Darag don't give any AP value. So it's what we're trying to do is make this more of like an RPS unit, even though we're kind of making it quite strong. It's going to be back to sort of how it was back in the day with the Witch Elves of Games Workshop, where they get lots of attacks, they have all the rerolls, all the battle focus, but they're not very good against armor. So it's more of like a blender unit than, uh, than anything that it, it was before. I see. I think it's it's pretty cool. Uh, now you can take. Uh, I guess before the path was like locked to which. Um, yeah, exactly. Which, so like, Oracle, or Warsmith, and so on. Yeah. But now you just they just have alchemy and divination. So you can just choose, yeah. Yeah, I I mean it seems seems pretty cool. I especially like if you look at the point value, it seems pretty strong. But I guess because they already have all focus, it's it's actually just hatred. But for a unit that will be hitting on three plus most of the time, I would assume. Yeah. Hatred is still pretty powerful. Yeah. So it's it's rerolling those those misses and then those potential sixes that you can get on the reroll. It like adds to the the, the output. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, I think this now is a really nice change. Also, yeah, you could also give them the uh, give him the um, the grave weapon enchantment to make them hit uh, on twos as well. But maybe that's just too much. Like, if you already have hatred, I don't think you even need that. No, I don't think so either. But yeah, he can also take the spear enchantment now. Um, so again, more more options. So I yeah, I, I like I, mean, I like this change. Cool. I think I think we're gonna see this more, and I think this change is probably gonna help us see Temple Militants more. And again, I think we're gonna see more MMU than before as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I think like looking at the, this profile uh, again, I think this is probably where I would put the spear, just because like because you can get the the seal and the and the spear on him, and then he has a four plus uh, ages in 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 melee, as well as like 
potentially a high armor save if he does it with a lot of uh, wounds and so on. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So it could be pretty tasty. But it's also not a BSP, so uh, that's the problem. Yeah, but you can you can still take a BSP if you want. Yeah, true. But then it's just a, just an apprentice with no like uh, cool buffing abilities and stuff. No, but there's other places that you can get the buffing ability, as you will see soon. Ooh, okay, interesting. So, so uh, Warlock, go for it. Yeah, dude, okay. I, to me, this was <laughs> the, this excited. Is the first thing that st- stuck out to me. I was like, oh, well, okay. So I think this is what I alluded to before, because pe- so, so people have been whining a lot about the fact that, that the Warlock couldn't be the general. So the, the Warlock can be the general. Uh, however... They have uh, gained uh, a rule called mistrusted. Uh, what does that mean? Well, that means that if you're the general, you get minus one discipline. So, so here you go. You can have a, a caster general, but it's discipline eight. Have fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, and that's that's uh, that's just it, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it, it also the irresistible will changed like quite significantly. So so the like the effect of the rule is the same, but it only activates if you use four or more magic dice when you cast. And that is uh, that. That's a pretty big nerf, I would say. Do you think? Uh, just to, well, I well, I, I think so. I mean, I think it's still really good because you can still like you can still split your dice into piles and say, well, maybe you're not going to dispel any of these spells, you know. Uh, but but I I mean, free dicing is is usually the like where it's at for spells, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, it is a bit of a nerf, but I I actually quite like this because. Now you can use three dice to cast spells, and you you have less risk because the casting values are not one higher. True. So for me, yeah, it, it gives you like, like the best of both. But yeah, you, you can, but you can still ram it down people's throat. But then, if you want to do like yeah. a trick or magic phase, you can do that easier. Yeah, true, true. So, and you don't get like fucked by dwarves as much. Yeah, like, yeah. Like playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that was the best. The old rule was like really good because like the the elf player would really have to think about it because plus two casting value to your two spells when you're trying to do like two or three dice is, it makes a big difference. Yeah, and I, as you say, I think when you're trying to do two or three dice per spell, I think a, a path like cosmology. This makes it much easier to, to do that because the casting value is generally less, and you're trying to cast like three or four spells in each phase whereas like yeah. maybe evocation of witchcraft you probably you probably want to go like four and four as you say yeah so i think i think it's a good a good change i'm also happy that you can you can now use it as the general which makes sort of list building again opens up list building options you don't need to have like three characters to have a, a master a general and a bsb yeah, I guess I guess specifically for for uh, MSU, this this may, makes a, a huge difference for this building because you I guess you don't really need the uh, the discipline nine uh, general anyway if if you're gonna spread out your units and so on. Yeah, I think as well it's also gonna help um, the dragon on the warlock dragon come back into play because it's quite hard to fit all the characters that you wanted in when you have to take a dragon at four hundred points as well. So I think it's a really good change in general. Yeah, is it like, is it worth it on a dragon? I I, I guess your model is going to be somewhere around nine hundred to a thousand points if you put it on a dragon. Yeah, yeah, potentially. Yeah, I'm just thinking if if like if you get enough, 
like a, like a, like enough options compared to just having a fighty guy on a on a dragon. I mean, you, I I play regularly with mages on dragons in all my other elf armies, <laughs> so uh-huh. uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't see any reason why I wouldn't do it on. On, uh, but are they like uh, as well. are they the general in the, uh, at that point? Yeah, probably right. I mean, you, not necessarily, but you could take a, a guy and a dragon and then a, a BSB. Whereas before, you used to have to take a guy and a dragon, a general, and a BSB. Yeah. Okay. I see what you mean. So it just makes it easier to fit in the army. Yeah. But yeah, I, this is a, a really good change, I think, and I think we can just say in general that um, a lot of the changes are around the characters because the characters were seen as something that um, was quite cookie cutter and very like as you say on the railroad tracks you can't you couldn't really deviate from the from what we were had laid out for you but now now you can now there's lots of options now there's lots of character builds now you can really like get into list building and and try some some fun stuff out and I, I hope that that comes across in the changes and I think that was definitely a goal of the of this patch. Yeah, I and I think I think you've succeeded there. I like we'll see what what people think especially in regards to this these kind of things where it's like oh it, uh, you could do it but but actually not well, you know, kind of thing. Uh, I I get the feeling that you'll have a, a few <laughs> few unhappy unhappy campers but uh, you can't make everyone happy. Uh, but I think it's probably good. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and I also, I also think it's it's a good move to reduce the amount of like effective generals that are also uh, like limited masters and stuff like this. Yeah, exactly. So character mounts, as we said, the elven horse has gone down one armor, but otherwise no changes. Yeah. So onto units, the temple militants lost all light armor, which uh, whatever I guess. Yeah, but we 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 got we got same. told that maybe temple militants were slightly too elite. We had to bring them down some way, and that was the what we chose to do basically. Oh, that's it! I lost so much eliteness. My six was saved. Yeah, I was like, like honestly, I mean, for me, the models I have have some armor on, so it would be nice if they had armor. But I really don't mind that much. If that's if that's what it needs no. to to get to press, then let's just do it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't think anybody's going to cry river about that. Yeah, not significant. So, raiding party. We've got a lot of changes here. Yeah, yeah here, this is, is yeah, it's very different. So, so first of all, you can take them up to 30 moles now. And they have a, a new or at least rewritten rule uh, called Ruthless Slavers. Uh, so... So, what it, uh, what it does now is that... Uh, Standard infantry or, or cavalry units in base contact uh, with this unit suffer minus one discipline. Uh, in addition, they uh, must take a fear test at the start of each round of combat. Uh, models that are immune to the effects of fear are immune to ruthless slavers. Uh, blah blah blah. And uh, ruthless slavers do not uh, are not immune to fear. So basically, they cause fear, but they don't ignore fear. No, 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 they don't fear. cause fear. Or no, they don't cause fear. But what what does the take a fear test mean then? Well, you have to take a fear test. Yeah, so so this is what I mean. Let's. It, oh, you mean that they do well? Like they they kind of have the effects of causing fear. I'll, but I'll I'll tell you why it's a little bit. Maybe we've written it wrong. Like after okay. you after you finish trying to work it out. 
uh, okay because like okay I'll, I'll continue working out so yeah. so from from my reading it's like you're fighting a standard infantry they get minus one discipline that's just like fear and then they have to take a fear test just like fear however my uh, i the slaver don't ignore the effects of fear back at me i guess correct so 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 <laughs> okay yeah so you're right so. You, you're right but the, this is this is really sneaky good because if you get if you put them within range of the effigy of dread for example or you oh. put a unit like the the what's it called the mask of the warcrow <laughs> in the unit then they cause fear so oh, you, they cause okay. fear which gives minus one discipline and then they give minus one discipline so you can you so, can stack the effects up yeah that's pretty neat uh, but but you only need to take one fear test correct yeah Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, it would be funny if you had to just like <laughs> double up on that as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's that sounds pretty, pretty, pretty good. Like minus two discipline is is definitely powerful. Yeah, and then may, maybe now read the corsair rule. Uh, yes. Okay. So if you take corsair, you gain Krakenstein power weapons, and then in the first round of combat, fear tests caused by fear from ruthless slavers are subject to maximize roll. Uh, that's really good. Yeah. That is that is really good actually. This yeah. is like the the vermin swarm killer unit all of a sudden. But it, I mean, it's okay. There's a few. There's a few kind of like, it's good, but <laughs> like okay. <laughs> these are like res three elves with a five up save. They're light yeah, troops. Yeah, they're not. They're, so they're but they're ranked, right? They're not. Yeah. They're yeah, not they're not. They're not skirmish, but they're they're light troops. They're not going to be steadfast. All fear does, if you fail it, is give minus one to be hit and plus one to hit. And these are like yeah. offensive five, plus one to hit anyway. And minus one to hit is not like a big deal. Um, no, I, I see what you mean. And, I guess from my and, perspective, the, the thing, okay. <laughs> and it's and. Only, only against standard size. And yeah, sure. half the armies in the game don't care about fear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it's 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 definitely it's like not bent, but I could definitely see that. Like if you, if you say you you stack fear somehow, and then you're forcing people to take minus two discipline steadfast checks if they lose combat, that that is still like it's not one of those game breaking things. Only for standard size cavalry, infantry and cavalry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it can still it it like it still can be quite a good trick, I think, especially like for elves to break like rank units that are just not going to lose steadfast in a hurry. Yeah. Exactly. So I think it also gives like, maybe you have thirty courses and you want to play thirty courses in a unit, and put a character yeah. in there. And it allows you to do that. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I mean, I love uh, light troop rank units. It's uh, really cool. I I really enjoy that. It's like a, a kind of maneuverability that is, uh, you know, like it's it's not the kind which just like goes outside of your arc because it moves twenty inches, which is just kind of. To be honest, just a bit of a pain to play against, but it it still allows allows you to like, uh, yeah, like move around pretty dynamically. Yeah, I mean to be honest, I really like this unit before the changes, and I like them even more now. <laughs> so, so <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm did, quite did I'm you quite have a big happy. Hand here? Sorry. Did you have a big hand in this design? Is what you're saying? Uh no no not at all. I mean obviously I I I help with this design, but I. I didn't think they needed that much of a buff. I thought they were fine as it was, but the community did think that they needed a buff. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, 
seems like a seems like a cool buff. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I think it, I think it's fun. I think it's interesting. They also got the coastal predator, as we mentioned at the start. Um, yeah, exactly. You got to be like real wary about that water now. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a fun it's a fun unit, and I think we're going to see them a bit more, which is what we want, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think the other change to the beast breaker is more of like a like a oh yeah clarification kind of thing. So. Before yeah, they got, wording, they got cannot be stomped, and now it's, now it's like the units cannot be stomped. So before, before you could have your warlock and a unit of beast breakers, and then the dragon would just stomp on the warlock. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, that that's a bit weird, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So now it can't do that. That's <laughs> fucking hilarious. Just such a such a douchebag moment where you like charge your <laughs> bunker and he's like, Oh you can't stop like yeah, but I can stop your character. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was that was just uh, purely to uh, to rectify that. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, so, uh, I think we I don't know I don't remember if this change had gone in already, but the devastating charge is now no longer hatred, but it's now battle focus. Yeah, it wasn't blue uh, in the <laughs> version yeah. that I have, so I just skipped over it. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think I think that's also a change. I don't, I can't remember. Let me just check if, yeah, it's already in the on the current one. I thought that was already a change, but yeah, I guess not. <laughs> so next okay. one. <laughs> yeah, is this actually a change on the auxiliaries? Yeah, it, it says is. that uh, they cannot shoot if they perform the suppressing volley in a turn. Yeah, so this is we had we had to. Reduce the eliteness of these a little bit and just do so. Fucker. Just gotta fly. Um, yeah, we had to reduce the eliteness of these a little bit and so this was one of the ways that we thought would do it. Um, so yeah, if you if you do your suppressing volley now, you can't sh you can't actually make a shooting attack in the same player turn. Yeah. It's I guess I guess in the in the sense that they were really or they are still probably a very powerful units is probably a, a decent change. I just wonder if you will suppressing volley very often because the shooting is so is quite good. Yeah, my opinion is that we should just remove the rule because I think they're fine without it. Yeah, exactly. I think exactly. this like, is uh, this is like a dwarven hold slash vermin swarm rules bloat question. Like they don't need it. They should. I think we should just get rid of it. To be honest. But yeah. let's let's, like, yeah. let's just take one step at a time and make it weaker, and then if it if no one <laughs> if no one uses it, we can just axe it in the next update. Yeah, exactly. I I think one should always kind of like with these rules that are like, oh, this is like a fluffy rule. We want to represent something, but if it doesn't do anything, then does it like, yeah? Do you do you want it? Do you need it to be there? Kind of. Yeah. So we'll see. I think I think it's. It's a change in the right direction, but I think we could just remove this and it would be fine. Yeah, and then uh, so is, is this uh, so the the shad riders? Uh, I don't I don't know if this is actually a change, but if you give them crossbows, they don't count towards core. Yeah, so this is quite oh. a significant change. So before, um, yeah. it was units that were eight or more models counted as core, but now yeah. they're five to ten models. And if you give them a if you give them a crossbow, they're now uh, raiders instead of core. So you can basically this yeah. means that you can have five 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 strong units in core, but they they're not going to have crossbows. And if you want crossbows, yeah, then they can... go to special or raiders. Yeah, 
Oh, I can I can see some 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 real real really a lot of wine coming for this one. Oof. It's gonna it's gonna be a, a certain a certain someone uh, named Frass who might be a little bit sad about this change. No, he's been moaning for fucking years that he wants five five units of five in core. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm pretty sure he meant with crossbows, though. Well, <laughs> he didn't say that, did he? <laughs> no, but I think this, yeah, this change... Yeah, Frass, remember, next time specify when you wind. <laughs> this change is more to uh, to limit the, the, the core shooting in general. There's too many lists basically yeah. taking, like, three times eight Shadow Riders in core. And, and just... And I think that's quite powerful, to be honest. So... This was a change yeah. to to in attempt to like rectify that a little bit and um, and sort of reduce the overall like avoidance avoidance shooting in in the army in general. Yeah, I, I can see that. Having played against it a few times, it is it is really quite powerful. So we're going to come back after the break and talk a bit about the special section. To Amatime podcast, um, we had a bit of technical difficulties going on in the background, and I'm going to have to record a little bit in here just posthumously. So we're going to go straight in with a special section. Um, the first unit that's had a rather drastic change is the Warlock Acolytes. So they've lost five points, um, which isn't really that much considering what they've actually lost. Um, and they've also lost their Aegis save in melee. So they still have a 5 plus Aegis, um, but they no longer get the 4 plus in melee. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think this is a little bit maybe of this, this syndrome where they, they were really good and people were taking them specifically with the princess, and now they just like slammed a little bit too much, but, or maybe, I don't know. It, it's probably still a good unit. It's still like a powerful fast cam uh, unit with an Aegis save. Yeah, I think yeah, but, I think uh, they're they're still they're still okay. I think they maybe the additional models needs to go down substantially. Yeah, thirty two points now is, is is quite a lot. I would say, especially for now when it's only a five plus ages, like they they really do die in droves, like when you shoot them and stuff like that. Yeah, I think still two hundred and five points is is a pretty decent chaff unit. It's the same, yeah, price, yeah, same, price, as, that, same like, price as the Shadow Riders. But like as a bus, like I think when I faced them, I almost always uh, faced somebody taking like uh, at least eight, you know, some maybe ten or something, and then like putting some character in there, or at least like running a character alongside them. Uh, and uh, I, I, I guess that might be a little bit less attractive now. Yeah, yeah, I think so as well. I think that you, we're not we're not going to see that anymore. Um, but maybe you'll see them with a champion, like running around casting spells, which is sort of what they're supposed to be, rather than like a mainline combat unit. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps. Yeah, we'll see. I think these guys will balance themselves out. Um, but I think they're yeah, obviously much weaker now, and we're not going to see them as much, which is a shame because I <laughs> spent like a week painting a unit. <laughs> yeah, you just you like just finished immunity out of month, I guess. Yeah. So no change to the Dreadknights. The Obsidian Guard went up 
20 points and down one point spectrum model, which I think is about right. And the judicators yeah, went sense. yeah the judicators went down one point for additional model, which I think is going to be quite nice when we have all the changes in general. Again, promoting that MMU on both units. Yeah, uh, definitely. Harpies, no changes. So the Gorgons had fairly significant price change. <laughs> yeah, what is it? <laughs> uh, five five points base and twenty points per extra mole. Yeah. So for unit three, that's a hefty forty five points. Yeah, so four hundred and forty points now for a unit of three, which is maybe a bit expensive. I don't know what you think. Yeah, I definitely. I like. I I get that they're really strong. Uh, as a unit, but just they're just so vulnerable to shooting, and it's just it's also the fact that they can only move basically forward and backwards. They they can't really maneuver. So I I was comparing this to like if you think about what do you get for like four hundred or so points, it's like maybe a monster, but but the monsters are you know they can move sideways and pivots and get out of arc and stuff, whereas these are just like. Plonk him down, and then they're just going to fight wherever it's in front of them, basically. Yeah, it's, it's only nine hit points at res four with a fiber pages. It's not... They're very squishy to shooting. Yeah, exactly. I guess it's, it's you know, it, it's one of those things where their output is just so high that for, for armies that can't deal with them uh, at range, they can be they, they can be such a, like, a very swingy unit, uh, I guess, but... Yeah, I don't know. I, I it feels like it's a bit too expensive. Like I don't see why they didn't start with like maybe ten points more per additional mole instead of twenty. Yeah, I mean, I I think if if it was me, I would have reduced the attacks by one to three attacks each, and I think that would have um, allowed them to be a bit of a cheaper price point. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I I guess it's like they're also. I mean. The, the extra attack is, is also what makes them unique, but I don't know if it's going to be one of those units that is just too much of a glass cannon, so it has to be so expensive that it doesn't really work, you know? Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. I think we'll, time will tell again with these, like, how they balance out, but they're still a strong unit. They still do exactly the same as what they do, but now they're just a bit too expensive. Yeah. So Thunderpack went up 10 points, which is fair enough as they're fairly popular. And the next big change is the Divine Altar. So do you want to take us through this one? Yeah, so in, in the Divine Altar, I would say the Effigy of Dread stayed mostly the same. The yep. Blades of Darag just moved to uh, to the base profile. Yeah, so they uh, always the have Crucible of... Blades of Darag. Yeah, exactly. But the Crucible of Slaughter, so the war platform is quite different. Uh, so now it gives uh, units within 12 uh, gains... Uh, Frenzy and Battle Focus and Temple Militants get a Hatred as well. Yeah, so this is kind of in the same vein as the as the Temple Exarch. So Temple Militants already have Battle Focus, so they get Hatred. And then all of the units yeah. get Battle Focus. So this is like another way of, of buffing a Temple Militants. And also, I think the big, the big thing for me in this one is like units of Judicators. So they already have Hatred. So this gives them battle focus. <laughs> yeah, that is is pretty cool, and also just just the fact that the the buff bubble is twelve inches. Like, considering this this thing is is uh, if you get the upgrade, what like uh, three hundred points, and that is quite like you can definitely squeeze in like three big 
big combat units or like medium-sized blocks, you know, into this bubble and just like, yeah, push it into people. Yeah, exactly. So I think, I think maybe we'll see this as like a, a sort of a buff wagon thing that hangs in the back. And then buffs like units, um, like units around it. And I think, I think obviously it can, it can benefit like all different units, but, um, in general, I think the Judicator is the ones that are going to come out of this the best. Yeah, exactly. Like, you, I mean, you, you can definitely see a list straight away just being like, oh, unit Judicators, unit of militants, and then, as you say, maybe this, this thing in, like, a, either a unit Spears or, like, a bunker behind or, or whatever. Like, that that seems like a pretty solid base to start from. Yeah, so I think this is, this is going to be seen a bit more than the previous one, where it was giving minus res to units in contact. Um, and again, yeah. it sort of fits in the theme of the temple theme, which is sort of buffing temple militants more than other units. Yeah, but I I think it's I think it's a good change. Like, uh, of course, the old like slim book altar was too much. Like that was just not. Yeah, it was just uh, I don't know. It was just uh, you always saw the same kind of Death Star. I felt like in almost every list, but uh, uh, but this is uh, I think. This is at least moving it a little bit back, like backwards, but not all the way. So I think it's, that's that's a good change. Yeah, I'm definitely going to try this, especially now I'm uh, building some judicators at the moment. <laughs> yeah, do you have uh, what mold do you have for this, or do you have a mold? Yeah, I have. Um, I have the uh, what do you call it? The Titan Forge, altar thing, like little like a uh, temple-y thingy. Oh, I, I'm not sure if I remember which one it is, but we'll look it up at some point. Yeah, it's like um, it's like an Oni pulling like a little wagon, with like oh, a, yeah, a, yeah, a yeah, gate, yeah, yeah. and then I have, I and then I have a um, a, a, like a sort of a, I don't know what you call it, like a monk monk type character like on top of the altar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah that sounds cool. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Um, yeah, so I think that's that's most of the changes. Um, we've got a couple more. So it's basically yeah. cosmetic ones now. So the hunting chariot went down 10 points. The repeater battery went up 10 points. And yeah. between them I both... Think, I think they... Exactly. There's the category limitation now that you can only take three together of the two. Yeah, so this is just to simplify the book a bit instead of having like loads of different categories. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really that's a really good change, I think. Yeah, I think the hunting chariot will come into its own eventually. It's not far off. I th I think it's quite an interesting unit. Um, maybe yeah. ten points more, and we'll start to see it. Or um, yeah, maybe one small buff here or there. Maybe shrink five shooting or something like that, and then we will start yeah, to or see range. it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the Kraken went, I think the Kraken and the Hydra probably went, both went down ten, five or ten points. Let's just have a quick look. Yeah, both went down five points and the Miss Leviathan also went down a few points. So that's it. Okay. What do you so think? overall, yeah, I, I would say overall I think the changes are good. Uh, I think, I think there's some like much needed nerfs uh, it's kind of maybe uh, maybe some of them are going too far but it remains to be seen I, I think this is the kind of book where 
because it's so mobile and because it it has like you know both good shooting and good combat it's it, like just just in like how the the base design you know uh, uh, what's it called it lends the books to like uh, achieving pretty well in tournaments and stuff like that which i think is, we've seen so i i don't think even even though there's been some like hefty nerfs i don't think that's like gonna push it out of all contention or something like this uh, and i do think that like some of the changes in the list building is, is really good yeah, I agree, and uh, that was part of the that was kind of the whole premise behind this update was to open up options for list building while sort of nerfing those things that were not as good and increasing those things that were maybe yeah you know what I mean nerfing the things that were too good and and increasing the things yeah. that were not as good. So, but I think for me, one of my objectives for this update was to really open up list building options, especially in the character section, just to try and promote the different builds and and give more options in that like list building part of the game yeah definitely it seems like it seems like you guys have uh, have done that and I, I guess it remains to be seen what kind of builds people come up with or like if it solidifies into a very like uh, specific build or not but but at least from uh, from a start there's some more options yeah and uh and i think um i think that this is probably going to be the ETC um, Dread Elves now. So I think the power level of the book is, should be... I'd say it's a little bit less than before. But maybe the options yeah. bring out some some new builds that will uh, open up some interesting stuff. Yeah, I, I would say that the, the standard build from before is probably quite like quite a bit worse than before but but i don't think that like probably what that means is that people are just going to shift to to slightly different builds that are probably going to be quite powerful as well yeah i think we're going to see more infantry i think and that's good i think we're going to see more like foot characters and that's good um maybe some more dragons and things like that yeah dragons that's the game needs more dragons <laughs> yeah i definitely want to try like a monster mash list I need to build a me and Miss Leviathan. Oh yeah, just like a shit ton of tentacles. Yeah, I've got like uh, you know the Lord of the Rings, Watcher in the Water model from China. Oh, you do. Yeah. Okay. I'm... Isn't that like a major pain because the tentacles are so really long and fragile and stuff? I honestly, dude, I don't know how I'm gonna do this. I'm 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 gonna make like yeah. make it like stand. I want to make it hover, so. Uh... So I I don't know yeah. how I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I'm gonna, I like, put maybe, it upside maybe, down and all the I, I don't know. <laughs> maybe you just need like a, a solid like a thick metal rod in the middle or something. Nah, to, we don't. I don't you know. do. I don't do metal rods. Breaks immersion. Uh, okay. Okay. So so here's my suggestion. You know you know how Matt's tentacles they come up out of the ground on his retro ones. Yeah. Like you just need to do that, but they need to come out of the sky instead. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So just like you, yeah, I'm just like imagining you know Patrick's uh, sky sloop, which was like a a, cut, a chariot of cotton wool, like just a cloud of cotton wool with tentacles coming out of it. Oh uh, yeah, that, exactly. I just get one big one big ball of cotton wool and just pull put the tentacles out of it and attach it, yeah, so exactly. attach it like with magnets or something, so it hovers. Yeah, that might be quite okay, a cool perfect. idea. Maglev, Maglev, Mister Python. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, like really high tech uh, knife armies right here. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think, I think that's about it. Um, so, 
let us know what you think about the Dreadouts book. Yeah, reach, reach us out at AmmerTimeDK on Twitter as well. And uh, yeah, and, uh, at Casper the Swede and the Harry Tumblr on the forum. Thanks, and we will see you on the next one.